0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Welcome to Laying the Points, a his podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at amixta, And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt Lamarca, who you can follow on Twitter at Matt Lamarca.
2: Matt, how's it going? Going real well. Excited. Uh, I think it's a great sports time right now. You know, today is Tuesday. We're recording. We've got 14 baseball games tonight, so I'm super excited to bet on some of those. And then coming up next week, we've got... The World Cup and the US Open starting. You know, basketball is still kicking here, although I'm not sure how much longer that's gonna last, but some really cool stuff. Obviously Stanley Cup Finals still going too if you care about hockey. So yeah, great time of year if you're a sports fan or a betting fan.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool and uh you know, we're gonna talk NBA finals today, we're gonna talk World Cup today. We'll save U.S. open for next week. We'll give that its own show because we respect the golfs. Um, and there's not really a ton enough to talk about with the basketball. But before we get into the show, so to remind everyone, you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass by subscribing th- through the podcast homepage at slash podcast. Now, if you uh, take a look, quick look at the bankroll contest, uh, I am still hovering around even, and uh, you are still doing outstanding. You know, ROI. Close to uh nineteen percent on money bet. Uh, you are firing bets left and right. I think I feel like your uh, increased bankroll has increased your aggression, which is fun. It's fun to watch on the sheet. I am uh I am just waiting. I'm just biding my time, trying to make good bets, trying to make a, a decent run at this thing.
2: Yeah, you're back in the black. That's the important thing, right? You know, it's always good to be on the right side of the ledger. Um I definitely I, I texted you earlier today, like I have the bug right now. I am just itching to put bets in. Like I want to bet every baseball game that I can. And uh it hadn't it didn't really work out for me last week. I was saved by hitting a Quinn Cook prop bet on two straight games which uh is definitely a little lucky. I mean, I love this this fantasy point bet that they put up for him at my bookie. You can take the under on him for 11 fantasy points and It's basically a no-lose prop. I mean, there's no such thing as a no-lose prop. Anything can happen. But if he doesn't play, it becomes a no contest. And if he gets in the game, the odds of him scoring under 11 fantasy points are really, really good, given that he's only really getting into the game in garbage time situations with, you know, five or less minutes left in the game. So that happened in Game 1. I got really lucky during overtime. There was that Tristan Thompson foul situation with two seconds left and both teams you know cleared the benches at that point and Cook got in for two seconds and that was all that he needed to play in order for me to win that bet and then game two being a blowout was also a, a relatively easy win so I'm going to keep firing that bet as long as they continue to post it because again I think it's like a no risk you know pretty decent re- reward situation but um, you know winning four units on that bet this week has buoyed you know some maybe questionable baseball bets that I've made, but uh, you know we both had the Padres last night. They won really easily, so I'm looking forward to try and extend the winning streak today.
1: Yeah, I saw uh, this morning actually. I didn't realize you had doubled down on that. That Double down bet. baby, that was nice. That was a good play. Um, and yeah, like I'm not gonna bet the Quinn Cook because I know the second I bet it, the Warriors are gonna win by like 50, and he's gonna play <laughs> like 20 minutes. But, uh, yeah, super sharp. You know, you've been really on it in terms of like finding the good lines. And, you know, we talk about this sometimes, we probably don't talk about it enough, but a lot of this is finding the best prices and finding odds that you think are exploitable. It's not necessarily about, you know, uh, you, you don't bet, you don't bet the bet, you bet the line, you know, like you're, you're trying to make sure you get the, the right odds. So you're really doing that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're just going to keep having fun with this thing. I, I like, I like where we're going. I like that we basically have, you know, the one sharp better, which is you. And then we have the one public better, which is me. So that's, that's kind of how I feel.
2: You just got to get on a little bit of a roll. You're sharp enough. I mean, we're betting a lot of the same <laughs> games and the same things. I'm just doing it a little bit more aggressively than you right now. And, you know, I obviously got out to the early lead, which has helped me. So, but we're going to get you back. We're going to get you going.
1: Well, I don't know if the Cavs are going to get going, Matt. Because, you know, some poor play, some poor coaching cost in the game one. Uh, I mean, we can talk about that, I guess, if we want. And then they were just destroyed in game two, no contest. But now they go back to Cleveland. I mean, are you giving LeBron any shot at getting the Cavs back in it?
2: Uh, That's a hard no. I mean, we were both talking that we thought this could be a sweep when we yep. did our preview podcast, and I haven't seen anything that has changed my opinion on that. You know, the the game that they should have stole was game one, but they had some boneheaded mistakes. I mean, J.R. Smith is going to go down in the history book, but there's no guarantee that they would have scored on that possession anyway. Like, I think that George Hill has gotten off a little bit easy with this thing. Definitely. For missing the shot, 80% free throw shooter, and Durant, too gave a really weak box out on that free throw. So I think that, like, if they did score, he would be getting a little bit more flack than he's gotten. But, I mean, the Warriors are the Warriors, right? Like, when they're playing their best, they're going to smoke this team. And in Game 1, we had a situation where they didn't play their best. They shot pretty poorly from the three-point line in particular. And LeBron had arguably the greatest game in the history of the NBA Finals. And it was still, you know, a coin flip at the end. So... Unless you think LeBron is going to put on a superhuman performance again and Golden State isn't going to show up, that's really the only formula for them winning a game at this point.
1: Yeah, the only player to score 50 points in a playoff game and lose, uh, in a finals game and lose. Just crazy. Absolute craziness. Um, let it let it be known now that blog boys say Kevin Durant doesn't box out. Um,
2: <laughs> he looked really, something weird is going on. I mean, Matt Moore wrote about this at the Action Network, like, I'm starting to think there's a non-zero chance that Durant leaves this summer, which I would have said there was no way if you asked me at the beginning of the season. So again, like we'll see. I mean, um, they they really looked impressive in game two. Durant had a great game, but I honestly think maybe there's a scenario where everybody decides that it was a fun run and then they part ways.
1: Yeah, I definitely see that. And don't be surprised if uh, KD and LeBron end up together. I think that'd be very, very interesting. That
2: would really be interesting. I, I would definitely be on board with that. Um, can, I, can I give a little betting advice for the, for the remaining, uh, games here? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. One thing I did in game two that I was, uh, pretty happy with my process. And I think I'm going to continue to look for in, in games three and four. And if it does go any further, um, was you, you kind of know what Golden State is going to be right from the beginning, you know, like, they either come out and they're looking like they're gonna play well, or they come out and they're they're clearly disinterested. So, in game two, they were you know eleven and a half point favorites going into the game, and I thought that they looked really good in, in the first quarter. Um, it was only a four point game at the end of the first quarter, but the live line was still only minus twelve. So, I feel like I got to see a little bit of extra information. And in my eyes, it was only a matter of time before the Warriors pulled away and buried that game, and that's what ended up happening. So I kind of like the idea of waiting and seeing what you're going to get from this team, and then sort of pouncing on it. You know, like even in Cleveland now, they're only five point favorites or so. If you minus one eighty, right? Against the money
1: line, crazy.
2: If you waited out a little bit, even if that line goes up to eight or so, if they have a good first quarter. If they're locked in, they're gonna cover eight, and if they're not, they could struggle to cover five, so I kinda like taking the wait and see approach with Golden State right now,
1: yeah, and I'm a huge fan of of live betting games that I'm gonna be watching anyway, just because like if if you like Golden State and Cleveland gets out to like a six zero run or something like that you get you get better odds, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you get them at two and a half or you know whatever minus one twenty whatever you want you know whatever you're looking at it's uh very palatable obviously that could easily go the other way and they get out to like an 11-0 run you just don't bet it but i uh i'm a huge fan of the live betting i have to do it more but i just i haven't really been watching these games i mean these games haven't been that good for you you the nine
2: o'clock start is tough for you very very tough being a teacher (laughs)
1: Very, Um, very tough but you know hey adam silver does a lot okay i'm not gonna yell at him for
2: this (laughs) yeah the one thing too that i will say is that like vegas has not really panicked when the Warriors fell down early, I mean, they were down, what, like 17 to the Rockets in Game 6? And they were still, I think, minus 140 on the money line at that point. So you might not get a ton of extra value unless they fall down big, but I I totally agree that, like, live betting in general is just a smart strategy if you're watching the game because you're going to have more information. You know, more information is always better than less information. I don't think that's that bold of a statement. So... Uh yeah, live betting. We're we're definitely on board with it at the laying the points pod.
1: And uh if you're looking to live bet, there's no better spot to do that than our presenting sponsor, mybookie.ag. Uh you know, join me and thousands of other online players, including Matt. Start betting at mybookie.ag. If you're sick and tired of getting the runaround, when you ask for a payout, come and join mybookie. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me and my listeners. So I'm telling you to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay, and they pay fast without any hassles. You're absolutely wasting your time betting anywhere else. You mentioned the in-game live betting. They also have the player props tool, which is a lot of fun to play around with pregame. You can build props based on you know points, steals, rebounds, assists. Uh, and then, of course, they have some great fantasy points bets that you can get in on. So Quinn Cook. lots of really fun stuff. Yeah, get your Quinn Cook bets in. Uh, and you can do that at MyBookie where they will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus if you use the promo code laying the points. So visit MyBookie.ag today. Use promo code laying the points. Get your 50% bonus. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, let's talk a little World Cup. And to uh, be honest, this is going to be a lot of math because <laughs> he's he's the soccer guy. He loves the football. I uh, I am not very well informed on this. Uh, but I know that you are, Matt. And, you know, I am kind of curious about this. Like, in general, in soccer, like, how often are, like, you know, because we're going to get into the the groups for the World Cup. You know, some of these groups, uh, the favorites are, like, minus 400, minus 500. Like, how how often in the World Cup is, like, the chalk hitting?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have any definitive numbers on that. But for the most part, these, like, top heavy-hitting teams are really in no jeopardy of making it out of the group you know like they're going to advance given that 50 percent of the teams make it to the knockout stage i think the odds of one of the you know real giants going down prior to that is really slow
1: yeah it sounds like it maybe take like a an injury or something uh
2: even that like these top <clears throat> teams are so loaded like you know if you think about group c i think might be one of the most top heavy with france like france probably has like 20 guys that would be among the best player on the other three teams. Like it's the disparity is that heavy sometimes.
1: All right. So that definitely gives us an idea. So, I mean, with that said, like, uh, you know, some of these big favorites, like, is it, is it smart money to just like lay the juice?
2: See, the thing is like winning the group and advancing to me are two very different things, Mm -hmm. you know, like France minus four forty per se. Like, Yes, they should win their group, but is there a situation where they don't and, you know, they they come in second instead? I see that as probable, you know, one of these big teams might not win the group, but they're still going to make it through because honestly, that's the more important thing, you know, it's right. kind of right. like in the NBA playoffs when these teams are, you know, locked in, but the seating doesn't necessarily matter. You get a lot of games in that third match of the group stage where not a ton is really at stake and it's just natural to let your your guard down a little bit. So, um I personally won't be betting these heavy teams to advance just because the odds are are so ridiculously weighted in their favor. Um but I do think that you know, if you have a large enough bankroll like it can possibly make sense. I personally wouldn't do it, but we talk all the time about how there can be value in big favorites. Like you know, again, to go back to France, they're minus 1,000 to advance. That puts the odds of them doing so at about 90%, uh, maybe even higher than that. Anthony, you're the math guy. You can double check me on that. But <laughs> again, like the odds of it happening are probably closer to like 98, 99% even. So yeah, there there probably is some value in betting these big favorites, but it's just so unappealing to do so when you have to risk so much to get so little back.
1: All right, that all makes sense, and uh, let's talk about the groups. So we have uh, groups A through H that we're going to talk about today. Uh, each group has four teams, so we'll give you the odds to win the group, the odds to qualify, and then uh, you know, Matt will talk about soccer because he knows his stuff. So uh, group A, we have uh, Uruguay is the favorite, minus 160 to win the group, minus 500 to qualify. Uh, Russia is plus 150, and uh, 7 to 18 to qualify. Egypt is plus 450 to win the group, 15 to 8 to qualify. And uh, Saudi Arabia is the long, the long shot here, uh, plus 3,300 to win the group, 11 to 1 to qualify. Uh, Matt, who do you like to win the group here and uh, who do you like to qualify?
2: Yeah, so I think right off the bat, we can cross off Saudi Arabia. Um, the other three teams are, are clearly the three best teams in this group. And that's obviously reflected in their Vegas odds. So I think we can get rid of Saudi Arabia. Uruguay is probably the most talented team. You know, especially up top, they have some really good strikers. But they are an aging team. It wouldn't shock me to see them not qualify for the next round. So I'm going to be fading them at, you know, minus 160 to win the group and minus 500 to advance. The team that's really intriguing here is Egypt. Um, they have one of the five best players in the world right now in Mohamed Salah. Now, he got injured in the Champions League final. You know, he he basically, along with some other players, but he was the driving force for a Liverpool team that made a a deeper run than most people thought they would, and it was because he was just extremely prolific scoring this year. So the big question is going to be, how affected is he by this injury? Because if he's healthy... Egypt plays strong defense. They conceded more than one goal just once in 30 games under their head coach. So if Salah can power them with some offensive firepower, I definitely see a situation where they could advance and even potentially win the group. Um, I kind of like Russia here as my favorite bet to advance. The host country just always does well in the World Cup, with the exception of South Africa in 2010 which you know they, they'll never be heard from again on the world football stage you know basically if you host the World Cup you make it through it's just one of those things that happens Russia has enough talent that I think that they can certainly do so so I like the the odds on them at 7 to 18 that's roughly minus 250 um I like the odds of them advancing there and potentially to win their group so the the bets to me here are Russia, and Egypt potentially to uh, to move on and, and then maybe fading Uruguay at their current price.
1: All right, let's move on to Group B. <clears throat> we have Spain minus 250 to win the group, minus 1,000 to qualify. Portugal plus 160 and minus 300. Morocco plus 1,300 and plus 400. And Iran plus 2,800 plus 600. Uh, this seems... Like a bit of a two
2: horse race at the top, man. Am I wrong here? Just looking at the odds. Nah, you're a hundred percent right. Spain and Portugal should breeze through. The only question is which, which group finishes up top and which group finishes, um, down below. And there are some ramifications for that. You know, if you are winning this group, you can potentially, um, get a little bit of an easier draw up until the, uh, semifinals and quarterfinals. So uh, I think there is some motivation, but Spain and Portugal should be the two best teams here um, pretty significantly. I think you can lay the minus 300 with Portugal to advance. You know, they still have Cristiano Ronaldo, who is arguably the best player in the world right now. Um, they have enough attacking talent defense that they should really not have any problems with Morocco and Iran.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm mean, I'm taking a look at some of these uh, group forecasts on my bookie. You can pick like who picks for who finishes first and who finishes second. Spain to finish first and Portugal to finish second is even odds. So I guess a uh, pretty strong, pretty strong chance that that happens. Uh, if if that's flipped, plus two twenty. So I don't know if maybe that's a way to look at at this um, at this group at all. But
2: <clears throat> yeah, I mean you can potentially bet both of those and come out ahead. So. You'd have to lay a little bit heavier on the, you know, Spain one, Portugal two dynamic, but it's definitely possible to bet them both and guarantee yourself a win. And I shouldn't say guarantee, you know, crazy things happen, but uh, I would be pretty shocked if it wasn't Spain, Portugal in some fashion here.
1: All right. And I, you know, I continue to say, I can't believe that uh, Italy and the U.S. couldn't get in, but Morocco and Iran could. I mean, (laughs) it's unbelievable to me. Uh, Group C france uh aforementioned huge favorite minus four forty to win the group minus a thousand to qualify Denmark is plus three eighty and uh eight to eleven to qualify peru uh plus eight hundred and nine to four and Australia is plus sixteen hundred and forty nine to eleven so it seems like uh you know France is obviously the big favorite to win, but uh Denmark and Peru are both kind of like in the mix to qualify like that's a little tighter
2: yes, I mean France for sure is the top team here and they should contend for the whole thing. Um, they have struggled with some, you know, consistency throughout the, their you know, uh, history I, I guess, but they really have an abundance of talent right now and young talent. You know, they they have Paul Pogba who's one of the best midfielders in the world, Antoine Griezmann is an elite attacker, some strong defenders and Rafael Varane Um, Like, this team is is really, really in good shape. So I think they should advance pretty easily. The second question is, which team comes down uh, below them? And like you said, it really comes down to Denmark or, um, geez, I already forgot who we're talking, Peru. Sorry, Denmark or Peru. And I don't feel strongly enough one way or the other to, to bet one of these teams. I would you know, handicapped Denmark as a slight favorite, but that's how the the betting world is viewing it as well. So I don't know if there's enough value with Peru right now to entice me to take them.
1: Yeah. And I just have actually a question. So you mentioned the youth of France. I mean, it sounds like they're dominant anyway, but you know, like when we do basketball, there's kind of like this idea that when you're a young team, like you got to kind of, you got to lose before you can win and you might have like some jitters. Like does that exist in soccer? Or is it like just, it doesn't matter if you're young, like if you're just really good, you're just really good.
2: Um, I mean, I do think there's an extent of growing pains, but this France team has kind of already gone through them, in my opinion. Like they were one of the favorites in the European championships in 2016, uh, but they ended up losing to Portugal, who who eventually won the whole thing. So like they kind of have already been on a run here to to sort of get their feel and and i think that this is the time for them to really take a step forward
1: all right good intel there group d a little tighter up top argentina minus 200 to win the group 3 to 19 to qualify croatia plus 180 and 8 to 15 nigeria plus 800 and 13 to 5 and uh iceland plus a thousand and plus 350 matt who you like here
2: yeah again argentina is I think clearly the best team in this group, but I don't think Argentina has a, is as good as they've been in years past. Like if Messi doesn't have a special tournament, I could see them stumbling up. I could see them finishing second in this group. The question is which one of these teams poses the biggest threat, and I do think it's Croatia, but I don't think that they're necessarily a lock for that number two spot. Um, I really liked Iceland, but they are down Gilfi Sigurdsson right now, who's one of their best players. Um, Iceland made a cinderella run in that european tournament i was talking about in 2016 so they've proven that they can hang on the best stage here um i still think i kind of like them at plus 350 to advance but i don't know if i would like it enough to actually put some money on it
1: Ooh, interesting i like that That's the first uh that's
2: the longest shot we like so far i'm you
1: know i'm always into the long shot bets Group E, brazil I mean, I, you, don't even, you don't even have to follow soccer to know that they're a huge favorite. You know, minus 440 to win the group, 2 to 17 to advance. Switzerland is plus 500 and 6 to 5. Serbia plus 650 and 5 to 4. And uh, Costa Rica plus 1,500 and 9 to 2. So this seems uh, kind of similar to Group C with France. Uh, you know, huge favorite at the top. And then, you know, Switzerland and uh, Serbia in particular will probably battle it out for that second spot.
2: I actually like Costa Rica here to potentially advance it at, at nine to two. Um, they advanced in the last world cup when nobody really gave them a shot. And I don't think Switzerland or Serbia are that good where they can, you know, and let's not like one of those two teams is a lock and they still have to play each other. If they end up getting a draw, I think Costa Rica could potentially eke out a couple of points in advance here. Um, Brazil obviously is the favorite and, they should win this group running away, but you never know. They could drop some points here and there and end up finishing second. the The first second disparity in this bracket and the next bracket in particular are really big because whoever finishes first in Group B is going to finish who finishes second in Group F, and and obviously vice versa. So Brazil and Germany do not want to see each other in the quarterfinals, or I'm sorry, in the in the first round of the knockout stage so if they don't win their group that is potentially what could happen so I think both them and Germany who we'll talk about in a second should be pretty motivated to win their group here
1: that's an interesting little dynamic there with the uh the way the groups match up I mean do teams look do you think that teams look at it before you know like you mentioned like that last game uh that third game like our uh, teams thinking about like where they're going to fit into the bracket like you ever see like a team maybe take a, take a game off or or I mean, whatever to try to.
2: it's possible i think really the only one that stands out to me is brazil and germany would having to show down in the round of 16 that would be the only like you know they're the two favorites right now to win this whole thing right. so them having to meet in the round of 16 would be uh, really really not great for, for both of their long-term perspectives. You know, if if Spain has to play Uruguay or if France has to play Argentina, like, that's not as big of a deterrent to me as Brazil and Germany potentially having to face off. Like, those are the two preeminent powers in world soccer right now. So those are the two that I would feel most comfortable about winning their group if I had to lay the money on.
1: All right, well speaking of Germany, they are -380 to win group F, -700 to qualify. Mexico is +400 and 6 to 5, Sweden is +550 and 6 to 4, and the uh, Korea Republic, +1300 and +500. Uh you're you're already already sounds like you love Germany, but what do you think about the rest of the group?
2: Yeah, Germany is the clear favorite. Um, after that, uh, there is a lot of support out there right now for Mexico. I've even, I've even heard some people say that they could knock off Brazil in the round of 16. Uh, I don't see that as likely. I don't even think they are a lock to get out of this group. Um, I, I think Korea has some, sl- some sneaky appeal here. They have maybe the most talented player outside of Germany in Han Ming Song. Um, he's one of the more talented offensive players for Tottenham who's coming off a really nice season. So, uh, I I kind of like Korea here at plus five hundred to advance. I don't think that they're you know as good as Mexico or Sweden, but I think that anything can happen, and and five to one seems nice enough for me to potentially take a shot. All
1: right, Group G. This is a really tight group. Uh, at least up top, it seems like there's a little bit of distinction here. I mean, Belgium to win the group is only minus one sixty, but they are minus a thousand to qualify. England, even money, and minus six hundred. Uh, Tunisia plus 1100 and plus 500 and Panama plus 3300 and uh, 12 to 1. So it, it kind of seems like at least the market is telling us that like they expect Belgium and England to advance but they're not sure of the order. Uh, is that accurate?
2: 100% accurate. I mean, if you're if you're someone I'm going to speak to you directly here Anthony like you are obviously in on the US when they're in this tournament and your other team, I guess based on your talent Italian heritage is Italy both not in it so I'm I'm going to pitch to you that you should adopt Belgium as your squad they are super young all right super fun um they are the ones who actually knocked the U.S. out of the World Cup four years ago where they had like a ridiculous 36 shots on goal like and they've only gotten better since then they have two you know transcendental talents in Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard, both of whom are among the best players in the Premier League. So uh, I really like them. They have a, a brutal road to potentially make it to the, to the finals. Um, you could argue even that finishing second might give you a better chance in that regard. But uh, I think that England and Belgium are clearly the top two teams. But for me, Belgium is the better team of the two right now.
1: So Belgium's like the Rockets. They, they take a lot of threes, right? They got the two studs and then they have like Luke Mabamute and guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: That I would honestly equate it more to like the old Thunder with Durant, Harden and Westbrook. Like they're, they're maybe a little bit too young, but talent wise, they're right up there with anyone. And, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, once you get into these knockout stages, anything can happen, especially with the way the ties are broken, which is penalty kicks. You know, if you can tie a team through 120 minutes and go to PKs it's impossible to predict who's gonna win at that point awesome so it sounds like uh it sounds like i'm buying in on uh on Belgium I just have to figure out how to uh stream the game at work you know <laughs> uh, That that's it'll all be on e f p n they <laughs> they do a great job with uh you know as someone who had an office job during the twenty fourteen World cup i can tell you that uh you'll be able to get it on the computer easily. <laughs>
1: Big quiz day. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. If anyone, if anyone that I work with is listening, I'm kidding. Uh, group H, the final group and the one that doesn't seem to have a, a clear cut winner. We have plus odds favorite to win the group. That's Colombia 8 to fifteen to qualify. Poland is plus one forty and eight to thirteen to qualify. Senegal plus three eighty and twenty three to seventeen. And uh, Japan, plus plus six hundred and twelve and 12 to 5. Matt, uh, what do you think about this group? It seems wide open.
2: Yeah, and to be honest, I honestly am just avoiding this group. Like, I do think Colombia is the best team. They have Jaime Rodriguez, who's probably the best player. Uh, in the last World Cup, he went on like a magic run, got Colombia to go relatively deep in this tournament, and that was a big reason why he ended up getting signed by Real Madrid. But, you know, I think all four of these teams could conceivably win the win the group, or advance so for me this is a gambling stay away
1: all right that makes sense now you know big picture here obviously not only at my bookie can you bet you know who's going to win each group but you can bet who's going to win you know the overall world cup we have teams like brazil plus 330 germany plus 380 uh france is plus 550 Uh, you like any of these teams to win or, or is there somebody else that you like to win the entire world cup
2: so for the winners, I think you can narrow it down to a pretty reasonable list of teams. Um, you know, we started with Germany and Brazil. I think that those are the, the likely favorites here to win. Um, after that, I'm going to throw France into the mix. I'm going to throw Argentina into the mix. I'm going to throw Belgium into the mix. I think that those are the teams that can conceivably win. Um, you know, maybe a team like England has an outside chance, but I would be surprised and Spain, of course, I forgot about Spain. I would say that those six or seven teams are really the only ones that can conceivably win this whole thing right now. And of those, my favorite is France. Um, I'm actually going to be betting France the whole stage of the way. Like I like them, you can get them plus 100 to reach the semis plus 220 to win the finals, and plus 550 to win the whole thing. Uh, I like all three of those bets. And the reason why is because I think that their their road to the finals, or at least to the semifinals, is going to be easier than most of the top teams. Um, they'll see Portugal more than likely in the quarterfinals if everything goes to plan. And I think that that's a matchup that they can take care of. They did lose to them, like I mentioned, in the European finals um, two years ago. But I like France here to sort of avenge that loss. And at that point, they would see either Brazil or Spain in the finals on their side of the bracket. So uh, I think that plus 100 to get to the semis is really strong. I like that a lot. And I will also have some money on them to make it to the finals and to win the whole thing.
1: So we're huge France fans on this show. Uh, Let it be known. Uh, It makes a lot of sense. It
2: took like six years of French... Between high school and college. So I do have to rep for, for my, uh, my second language here. Les Petits Prince. I, uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that. Yeah, that book sucked. Um, <laughs> I, I have a couple of other bets that I'm, that I'm looking at too. Germany to reach the semis is minus 120. Uh, that honestly, in my opinion, might be the safest bet in this whole tournament. They, are on the they will more than likely be on the opposite side of the bracket as France Brazil and Spain so they they can theoretically get to the semifinals without facing any of these other top teams um at that point they might have to go through like an Argentina but I don't see that really being a, a challenge for them I like them to to win the semi or to make the semis at minus 120 and then also to make the finals at plus 180 I think if any everything goes, you know, as expected in the group stages, they should have a pretty easy walk. Um, That's not always a guarantee, but I I do think that, you know, at least for the top teams, it should play out as expected. I'm going to take Belgium to to reach the (laughs) quarterfinal. Let's try that in English. I'm going to take Belgium to reach the quarterfinals at minus 200. Again, don't love that they will likely see Brazil in the quarterfinals. That's a brutal matchup for them and they will deservedly be underdogs in that spot. But I think that they should get there. Uh, Portugal to reach the quarterfinals is plus 110. I kind of like them at, at plus odds. Um, and then Russia I like, again, to get out of the knockout stages. That's minus 250, but I feel pretty confident that they will do so. So those are sort of the, the bets that I'm looking at here. You can, I'm sure, find some other people. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the most educated soccer fan in the world, um I really like to just follow the big leagues so I'm not super in touch with some of these lower level teams but uh from what I'm seeing those are sort of the the five teams that I feel comfortable backing at certain stages of this tournament.
1: Yeah and I will say that like the people who follow soccer like obviously you're into a soccer but like uh, soccer people are really passionate about soccer and they really know their stuff. Like I feel like when you talk to like a random NBA fan it's it's a shit show, you know. Yeah. Like you don't know what you're getting. I feel like any time I talk to somebody about soccer and they're like a soccer fan, they like really really know it. So that's a uh, I don't know. I feel like the soccer fan is kind of like the most educated fan.
2: Yeah, and I, and I am a company man, Anthony, as you may know. <laughs> so the Action Network will have betting previews out on all 32 of these teams before the group play starts. So if you're looking for a slightly more educated view, I would recommend checking those out. Um, We have a really good soccer team. We already have uh, a handful of previews up. I want to say somewhere around like 10 or 12, but we should have them all up by this time next week. So um, check it out. It's only $5 a month to become a subscriber. And, you know, I think you would agree with me that the amount of content that's put out and the actionable information that you get from that content is well worth a $5 subscription.
1: I definitely agree. Uh, Well, since we're both company men, let's get into the uh, Book It, my bookie picks of the week. Matt, I mean, you've given us a lot of stuff. Uh, You don't even have to give us a new bet here. Just what's your favorite bet, maybe, that we've talked about? Yeah,
2: Germany to reach the semifinals. Minus 120, um, you know, they, they are the heaviest favorite to make the semis amongst all of these teams. And as I mentioned, the reason why is their projected road. I just don't see any team that can challenge them until they make it to the semifinals, assuming that everything goes to plan. So uh, I think 120 is a very fair price to lay with a Germany team that is you know, one of the favorites to, to win this whole thing. All right, I love it. Now for me, I'm gonna give the listeners
1: a few different bets here because I wanna go into the world of football. We talked football, now I want American football. Let's go. Uh, but my bookie posted some uh, regular season uh, player futures. You can bet uh, most passing yards, most rushing yards, and uh, most receiving yards. So there's a few bets that I like uh, in these groups. Uh, in the passing yards category, I really like Ben Roethlisberger, 8-1, to one, to lead the league in passing yards. Uh, Pittsburgh is traditionally very pass-heavy as a football team. Uh, They have great receiving weapons now. I mean, Antonio Brown will be fully healthy. Juju Smith-Schuster will be a year older. They love to throw to Lev Bell. Uh, They've talked up Vance McDonald a little bit. You can believe that, whatever you want. Vance. (laughs) But I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is a team that can really sling it. Uh, You know, obviously there's always the risk that Roethlisberger is injured. uh, But when you compare him to some of the other players on the list, like Tom Brady plus 330, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who really never throws for a lot of yards, is plus six hundred and fifty. So I really like Roethlisberger eight to one. You know, I've done my uh, player projections, and he's pretty close to the top for me in passing yards. So I really like Roethlisberger in that category.
2: That makes sense. I like that. I like that call. We'll do. We'll do some shows on all of this stuff when oh, we'll sure. dive into it a little bit deeper. But preliminarily, I, I like the. Uh, I like the call of Roethlisberger. And can I, can I just say that Vance McDonald is like the sleeper that just will never die? Dude, I know.
1: And I, <laughs> I'm trying to put the fires out. Like everyone's like, oh, the Steelers really plan on using Vance McDonald. I'm like, okay. So they're going to not throw the ball to Antonio Brown, Juju, and Lev Bell so that they can dial in Vance McDonald. Like, come on, man. It's just not going to happen.
2: Yep. And I, we, we love the <laughs> Billy Bean quote. But like, if he's a good football player, wh- why isn't he good at football?
1: Right. He you know was good like,
2: for like four games as like a
1: rookie. I it's think. not
2: like the 49ers had an abundance of weapons that they had to sacrifice Vance McDonald. Like, come on now.
1: No, I agree. Um, in the rushing yards category, I, I think that the market here is actually pretty solid for the most part. Uh, rushing yards is a pretty tough bet to make in general, just because obviously injury is a big factor. But I really do like Dalvin Cook 12 to 1. Uh, to lead the league in rushing. I think that uh, when you look at the team that he's on, I mean, Minnesota offensively is going to be a real power, I think. Uh, they have the great receivers. They have uh, Kirk Cousins now. So I don't think that teams are really going to be able to load up to stop the run. Uh, small sample size, but he averaged 4.8 carries uh, yards per carry last year in four games before getting injured. Uh, and this is a team that also has a good defense. So I feel like you know they're going to have a lot of good game scripts. That means a lot of rushing. Uh, so I think twelve to one is, is again just a value bet. Uh, Zeke is probably the guy that has like the best overall odds, and he's plus three thirty. Uh, so I feel like that's a you know again a, a pretty big discount uh, there with uh, with Dalvin. Yeah, uh, but
2: prop. I, go ahead. Yeah, so again, like we'll do a full show on this. I don't want to get too into this, but I heard uh, on the Action Network's new ESPN Plus show another uh, plug for the action network.
1: You're having a great day. <laughs> <laughs> they have
2: a they have a show now called I'll take that bet where they pit two of our analysts against each other and they go through a, um, a host of bets for the day. And I saw that um Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman, backed Jordan Howard at uh plus 1000. He's only plus 800 at my bookie. I hate that bet. <laughs> 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 not not to throw my man Jeff under the bus, but you know It wouldn't even shock me if Jordan Howard didn't lead his team in rushing. Is that too hot of a take? Like, I don't know. It seems like they're down on Jordan Howard. So I don't really love that. Um, And I'll throw a sleeper out. I like Alex Collins at plus 3,000.
1: Ooh, yeah. He got the rock a lot last year. I can get on board with that. The thing that, and again, like I said, the thing with this rushing prop is that it's like you got to stay healthy. You know, like, the guy that stays healthy is going to win, you know, and that's, uh, even, like, missing, like, that last game, like, if you like Todd Gurley, he's plus 750, like, there's a really good chance that Todd Gurley is not even playing week 17, you know, and that's, that's, like, a factor.
2: That's that me. next level analysis.
1: Yeah. So, uh, my favorite bets probably come in the receiving yards category. You know, I'm a huge receivers guy. Obviously, Antonio Brown is the favorite. He's plus 250. Um, you know so. Right. And a couple of these other studs, like Julio's plus 300. But uh, there's three receivers that I really like to compete for this bet. And these are probably my favorite bets. Uh, Keenan Allen is plus 580. This is a team that loves to feed Keenan Allen when he's healthy. And uh, they just lost Hunter Henry. Um, you know, I, this is kind of like a proven connection with him and Rivers. I think that Allen's going to have a huge market share of targets this year. Like, I could see him accounting for like 30% plus of uh, Chargers' targets. So obviously that means he has a good shot at receiving yards. Odell Beckham is eight to one, which I think is just criminal because I think uh, you know talent wise he's he's in that he's much closer to like the Julio Antonio Brown than he is to like I don't know another guy that's plus eight hundred like Hopkins or
2: Michael uh, Thomas
1: Michael Thomas yeah like give give Odell some love like the, the best receiver through the first like three years of his career like maybe ever yeah that's
2: that's probably volume related just because the Giants have so many mouths to feed at this point yeah I agree like he should be the mouth (laughs) like right exactly you shouldn't be worrying about getting Evan Ingram the ball at the expense of Odell Beckham so yeah
1: and we saw last year like Pat Shermer like he liked Thielen, and he moved Thielen all over the formation, got him a lot of catches, a lot of yards. I kind of think the same thing's going to happen with Odell, and I think Odell is a lot more explosive, obviously, than Thielen. So, uh, but the the bet that the odds to me that I think are most outrageous, and the ones that I would bet like today before it changes, Josh Gordon, twenty to one, to Tasty. lead the league in receiving yards. Tasty. Like he's already done it.
0: He's already <laughs> done
1: it. <laughs> like, and uh, I kind of think that the Browns are like. A sneaky throw team because obviously, Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> right. They're bad. Like Tyrod Taylor, like you see the Tyrod and you think, okay, like they're not going to throw, but like Tyrod was, you know, a really efficient quarterback for Sammy Watkins and the team's not going to be good enough to not throw. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, while he's in there, they're going to sling it. You know, you know, I love Baker. So whenever Baker gets in there, He's gonna get his work still. Like uh, certainly they have Jarvis Landry, so this is not like the old Browns teams. But I think ultimately there's gonna be enough passes to go around, and Josh Gordon is just so good. Like if you were if you were naming the five best receivers in football based on talent, like I feel like Josh Gordon would be in there.
2: Yeah, agreed.
1: So I'm taking the value on the prop.
2: Yeah, I can dig it. Um, I will say that I think that most of these first round rookie quarterbacks are gonna start sooner rather than later. Like I feel like this is a growing trend. We saw it last year with Sammy Watkins. Like the the early talk is that you know we want to ease these guys in, etc. But ultimately, these teams drafted a quarterback to play him, and right. the guys that they have in front are mediocre at best. I know that you love Tyrod. I like Tyrod a bit myself, and I feel like he's been overlooked for the majority of his career. But the bottom line is, is that Baker Mayfield is the future in Cleveland. And if he proves himself to be even competent during the preseason, I see no reason why they don't just hand the reins over to him.
1: Yep. And they have pass-aggressive coach Todd Haley. So I, uh, I'm excited. i excited. I'm excited
2: about the Browns. I want to ask you about one guy because his odds kind of jumped out to me. And uh, I know that you have not been a huge fan of him in the past, but are you excited about Tyreek Hill? playing with Pat Mahomes. Because I think if he could yeah. do what he did last year with Alex Smith, if you give him a quarterback that now throws a deep ball, it's potentially, this. you know, this guy could could go off.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I don't know if I like him to lead the league in yards just because they have Sammy Watkins there. But uh, I love Tiger Hill this year, like, from fantasy perspective, from, like, a scoring perspective. Because, I mean, they just can't cover him. Like, it's really, really difficult to cover the fastest guy in the league one-on-one and you have to if you play the chiefs now because they have a legit number two on the other side in Watkins, and they have kelsey who's like one of the best deep threat tight ends so like you really can't hunt. so yeah. right and Kareem hunt so you can't cover all you can't cover everyone you really got to pick your poison and like we saw it already like i know uh you know i think that the long touchdowns in general are probably due to regress because he had so many last year like i think teams eventually would just start playing like 30 yards off of him but, like, he just runs by guys. Like, we saw, we saw it so many times. We saw it an opening night last year. We saw it in the playoffs. Like, he just runs right by guys. And uh, there's nothing you can do about that. Like, you can't. Yep. There's nothing you can do to stop speed. So, uh, it's miss, like when uh, we used to play NCAA football.
2: If you miss the coverage on him one time. Done. Touchdown. It's a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. And, like, I agree that the, the long touchdowns seem fluky. But, like, this is two years in a row now that he's done it. Maybe he's just one of these guys with, you know, special speed who's going to be a long touchdown scorer. So we'll see. I mean, the numbers certainly suggest some regression, but um, I kind—I of, think 30 to one, he should be closer to that 20 to one type range. Yeah, I would agree with that. And like the
1: thing too about regression, like we always talk about, like, you don't just like regress to a league mean, like you regress to like your own personal mean, like whatever that is. So like, you know, Hill, like, I don't know, off the top of my head, he had like, eight 40 yard touchdowns last year. I think he had like three as a rookie. So like, I don't think he'll get eight again, but like, it's really, really possible that his mean is like three or four, you know, like, cause he's just so fast. So I, uh, and that's still going to be like the best or second best in the league. I'll take so the over
2: on four. I think, I think, you know, he was limited playing time as a rookie. And if you include the returns and stuff, yeah, that's true. He had a bunch of long ones. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we have a long time to discuss NFL. This is a nice little appetizer. Um, I know that you love fantasy. I'm all in on fantasy myself, even though for some reason my teams always stink. But I am super excited to get into that as we get a little closer. And and once we get past uh, World Cup and U.S. Open and NBA and, and NHL are done, like just be ready for a lot of NFL talk on this show.
1: Oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to be living my best life. Uh, so that's going to do it for this edition of laying the points brought to you by my bookie. Please be sure to subscribe to rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code laying the points for Matt Lamarca. I'm Anthony Miko, May the odds be ever in your favor.